Good morning. We'll be reading from Ephesians 4 this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow, to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I feel a bit guilty. I feel like I should um, correct something. It was actually Rodney that said we should remind the kids about mission giving. But sorry. Um, Let's pray as we think about who we are and um, what we do as a church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we've asked that you would grow each of us in maturity in Christ. Please grow our knowledge of your word and equip us so that we serve and minister so that together we're building up your body, your church. Amen. To really love and serve somebody well, uh, it needs to be thought through, doesn't it? It needs to be considered, prepared even. You need to know the person that you're trying to serve and show love towards. So if you can picture this scenario, it's made up, okay? There's no truth to it at all. It's just a creative made-up example. There's a home in Kenmore, and it's Saturday morning. It's about 7 o'clock. There's a very full day ahead, but everyone's asleep. It's quiet. The kids haven't moved. But the man about the house has got up, and he's gone into the kitchen, sneaked into the kitchen, and made a lovely cup of tea for his wife and some Vegemite toast and he sees some yogurt in the fridge and some nice, he hadn't noticed it before, but some fruit on the bench. So he cuts up a little fruit salad for her with a bit of yogurt and takes it in, showing his love and concern and serving his wife. But instead of being grateful, she bursts into tears because after telling her husband so many times she doesn't drink tea, he's done it again. She's allergic to the yeast that's in the Vegemite and the, the fruit's that was there and the yogurt was there was for the, the lunch they were going to have down on the Gold Coast with, the, with their friends down there. Now one of them has to fit in time 
to get to the shop on a busy day. It's a stupid illustration I've made up, but you get my point. If you don't know what you're doing, your, most, your best intentions to love and to serve are going to be misguided and may cause more harm than good. They may, in fact, create more work to be done. It's not a complicated point, but the connection to what we're thinking about today is we do want to love and serve this local church, our church, Christ Church. We do want to love and serve Christ Church. And we'll make that a whole lot easier for ourselves if we're clear on who we are and clear on what we're doing because then everything that we do to serve and love our church will be appropriate and fitting and helpful. We won't be um, working at cross-purposes, creating problems for someone else to undo. Everyone's contribution is more likely to be helpful and well-received and purposeful. And when we're not clear on what we're doing and who we are and what we're doing, then we are at risk of wasting each other's time. And that's when we're more likely to become disillusioned and disappointment, all those dis words from last week. But if we're clear on who we are and what we're doing, everyone can jump in because you can see what needs to be done. You know who we are, you know what we're doing, you can see what needs to be done and jump in. So who are we? 15 second summary from last week. I should give a, a, a lolly to those who can remember, but I won't. 15-second summary. We've been made alive in Jesus. We're sinners who've been made alive in Jesus by responding to the gospel. We're gathered around Jesus and his gospel as people who want to live for him um, and want to, to serve him. And we're seeking to grow followers of Jesus. That's the 15-second summary from last week. And let me make it even shorter with what's in the sermon outline. We are a Bible-teaching church that wants to grow followers of Jesus. That's pretty simple, I think, I hope. Um, we could change our name. We could call ourselves, I don't know, Stones Corner Presbyterian Church or something like that. That wouldn't change who we are and it wouldn't change what we're doing. We're a Bible-teaching church that seeks to grow followers of Jesus. We could change the minister and still be a Bible-teaching church that seeks to grow followers of Jesus. And as we all seek to grow as followers of Jesus, you can see in the sermon outline, as you unpack that, that means what we're wanting to do is we each want to grow in knowing Jesus, understanding God's word, understanding the gospel. We each want to grow in living for Jesus, living that truth out in our lives, in our church, in our workplaces, in our homes. And we want to grow in making Jesus known, sharing the gospel of Jesus. All that working together will grow followers of Jesus. And then when you look at Ephesians that was read for us. If you look particularly at verses 11 to 16, you see the engine room of how all this works. So um, Christine read from verse 1 um, through to give some context, but now if you can zoom in on verses 11 to 16, the growth group leaders, we looked at this on Monday night. One of the growth groups met on Thursday night and we looked at it as well. Um, it's not rocket science, but as you read these verses, it helps you understand who we are as a church and what we're doing. So if you look at verse 11, it goes, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Um, there's no so in the, in the original. It just goes, and even also at the beginning of that verse. Because the previous verses have spoken about Christ giving these gifts, Christ being exalted to the highest place and giving out these gifts. And you look at those, um, the gifts he gives. He's given apostles prophets, evangelists, pastors, or you might say shepherds, it depends which version you're looking at, and teachers. 
And what you see in each of those roles or those gifts, I think, is each of those roles involve, to some degree, speaking God's word. Um, teaching God's word. Speaking and applying God's word. Shepherding people with God's word. It all seems to be kind of word-based things. And then the next verse gives you the purpose of those um, positions or those gifts. So it goes, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, or you might say for ministry, same thing, for works of service or ministry so that the body of Christ may be built up. And you look at that and you think, yeah, okay, so the teaching and applying of God's word equips everybody to serve so that the body of Christ will be built up. We're all involved in this. The teaching aspect equips all of us to minister, to serve. The purpose of our ministry is to build up the body of Christ. Can you hear, sitting behind that, what we're saying we are, a Bible teaching church that seeks to grow followers of Jesus? We're trying to be biblical when we say who who we are as a church. If you glance down at verse 15, you'll see that it's not just the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers who do the speaking. We all do. But there's a special place for the, uh, uh, um, those teaching gifts at the top that kind of equip everyone to minister and serve. And we're not up to verse 15. Come back to verse 12. Christ himself, verse 11, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his, body, uh, his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There's a lot of words there, but as you let it sink in, we have this goal of growing in unity, growing to maturity or completeness is the word. When we think about being united, we do tend to think about being in agreement with each other, don't we? And I think Presbyterians in particular, um, we jump to this idea of needing to agree with each other and you know, having it out until we do, arguing until everyone agrees on the same point. But have another look because, yes, we are aiming to grow to unity, but it's unity in Christ. So we're not concerned about winning an argument. We're not concerned about being right. We're not concerned about everyone agreeing with us. We're concerned together about agreeing with Jesus. That's where we find the unity. You look back in chapter, um, the, the, the verses that were read, if you look up to chapter 4, verse 3, I think it is, Paul urges us to, to keep or to maintain the unity that we have in Christ. So Christ has brought us together. He's united us. We're urged to maintain that unity, not create it. Our unity is in the fact that we are followers of Jesus and all that that means. And when you look at the verses surrounding 4, verse 3, the things that you need to maintain the unity, well, there's um, humility, gentleness, Patience is my favorite bit from Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Bearing with each other, putting up with each other. They're the kind of things that you need to keep and maintain the unity that we have as followers of Jesus. And down, deeper down in chapter 4, where we are now, when it talks about growing towards unity, it's growing more Christ-like. And as you do that, yeah, we will start to agree more and more. The goal of our ministry or the goal of our service in verse 12 is to build Christ's body to maturity or to completeness so that we measure up, it says, to the fullness of Christ. It sounds a lot like um, growing in knowing Jesus, growing in living for Jesus, growing in 
making Jesus known, doesn't it? That's what we're trying to, trying to say. So after giving you the, the end goal of all this, this goal of growing the church to be Christ-like and mature in Christ, then Paul, I think, focuses back in on the, the, the more uh, closer goal in verse 14. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. It's basically saying you don't want to be immature, infant, baby Christians. You want to keep growing to maturity, to adulthood, to Christ-like adulthood. And we all have a part to play in that process. Um, there is the warning there that there are people who will lead astray. And in contrast to that, verse 15, instead, speaking the truth, not those lies or other deceit, whatever, speaking the truth, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. It's this adulthood, but not just that, this Christ-likeness that we're growing to. And then verse 16, from him, the whole body joined and held together in every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It's not very complicated, but it's nice to have it all spelled out so clearly and easily for us, isn't it? Loving and serving our church it's far easier to love and serve your church when you know what you're doing and here's what we're doing. We're seeking to grow followers of Jesus. We're seeking to build each other up towards maturity in Christ. And as we do that, we'll become more and more united, more and more complete. Um, we're a Bible teaching church that seeks to grow followers of Jesus. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 is an example of how it works. Spells it out for us. So let's now move from you know, biblical principles to how we choose to do these things at KPC. And this is where, this is me sharing, this is not me explaining the Bible. So you treat it with um, that regard. As a church, we run structures, uh, we are organized, we have structures that we run to help us grow people, uh, grow followers of Jesus. Uh, you may not think about it in these terms, but we do. So church on Sunday morning, church on Sunday night, we run these. These, these, they are church. They're a fellowship of believers. They're purposeful. We're seeking, yes, to, to worship God, to bring praise and glory to God. We're also seeking to grow followers of Jesus as we grow each other in our understanding of the gospel and encourage each other to keep living for Jesus. So we have um, church on Sunday morning. We have night church on Sunday evening. Two congregations of one church of a much bigger denomination of a massive church across the world and across the ages are gathering around Christ in heaven. Um, these two congregations have the same goal. Morning and night church, they're just two groups of people. Night church, the lazy people that can't get up in the morning. You're, you know, the good people who get up nice and early and make breakfast in bed for your wife and everything. Um, Sunday morning, honestly, it's, it's easier for uh, people with, with younger kids. And so we have KPC kids attached to morning church. Years ago, when we started youth group on Sunday afternoon, we put it there deliberately to try and encourage some interaction with the young adults at night church. So there's purpose to these structures. What we're trying to do is grow followers of Jesus. Um, we have these two congregations, but as we grow in maturity, we expect that everyone in each of the congregations will serve beyond their congregation. So it's lovely when night churches come to morning church to help with KPC kids, which they do. And it's fantastic when morning church people help with youth group, which they do. There's kind of this crossover. You're, you're interacting as you grow in maturity and seek to serve, and you can see where you can serve the goal of growing followers of Jesus. You jump in. And our growth groups are kind of blended between the congregations. 
maybe young adults is an exception, but they're meeting on Tuesday night, that could change all that because you, you change the structures to serve the people. So as a church, we have structures which we run and they're purposeful. The purpose is to grow followers of Jesus. On Sunday morning, the KPC kids, the, what, the reason it's done the way it is, is we take the kids out to teach them at their level when there's a sermon that's more than likely to go over their heads. So it's a purposeful decision. Yeah, there's costs attached. That means that whoever's helping with KPC kids, if they're not from night church, they're missing the teaching part of church for a few weeks. There's costs attached with that. Um, the, the kids who go out to KPC kids don't get to see mum and dad sitting listening to the Bible. Another cost. But we've made a purposeful decision and we do it this way. Your family can choose to do otherwise. It's up to you. Um, but we're running these structures to help people grow. We have youth group for the high schoolers. The high schoolers, they're with us at church in the morning or with us at church at night. On a Sunday afternoon, we run a time just for them where they can build relationship together and, around God's word, help each other grow as followers of Jesus. Um, so that in time, we'll see them grow and serve and do things like teach KPC kids, which in fact is happening right now. Zoe and Ben are teaching the lesson out there with adults in the room with them. Um, so structures or programs, we're running them purposefully to help grow followers of Jesus. We've got our growth groups. Um, growth groups, they're intended to provide an opportunity to do stuff that you can't do so easily here at church. So when you're in growth group, that's when you can open the Bible, interact together and help each other read the Bible. That's where you float that slightly quirky idea you had. I'm hoping that there's lots of heresy in our growth groups because you're helping each other read the Bible and understand it. That's the reason that group is there. But that's not the only reason. There's two more reasons for growth group. The second reason is you, it gives you a way to share your life with a smaller group of people, to actually get to know each other so that your prayers for each other will be more purposeful and helpful and you can encourage each other in sharing the gospel of Jesus as well. So growth groups, yeah, Bible study time is going to drive it, it's going to shape it, but you also want to be sharing your life and praying as well, all three things. We've got these structures, these programs that we run, structures that are there to grow people. Um, when I did uh, MTS, like what, similar to what Tom did up in Cairns um, before going to college, we had this drummed into us time and time again that structures serve people. The structures are there to serve people. The people don't serve the structures. Um, Long-standing denominations can be very good at having structures that you plug people into. You don't want to do that. You want to change your structures to fit the people. If someone doesn't fit into the structure that's there, you adapt and change because what you're trying to do is grow followers of Jesus. Um, after we had that drummed into us, um, Col Marshall and Tony Payne put a book together, The Trellis and the Vine. Have a read of that. It's all spelled out for you, blow by blow. But the structures we run need to serve people. Um, they need to continue to aid the goal of growing followers of Jesus. When people don't fit in the structures, we need to modify the structure to fit. Um, when structures are no longer serving their purpose, you don't do it anymore. You walk away, do something different. Um, and of course, behind these structures we run, behind all these bits and pieces, um, there's a stuff that goes beyond, sorry, not behind, as well as all the, the structures we run as a church, there's stuff beyond our church. So you're, as a Christian who's growing as a follower of, of Jesus, you're involved in KPC, you're involved in KPC kids, youth group, or whichever. Beyond KPC, though, you're a Christian in the world, in the workplace, on the uni campus. And so as um, part of a healthy church, we want to encourage you to be involved in university ministry or, or school-based ministry or Christian conferences and so on in a way that serves the wider 
body of Christ, seeking to grow followers of Jesus across our state and across the world. Um, the, the kids, that little thing of encouraging them to give towards the Sunday school that runs in the slums in Thailand, yeah, it helps with seeing that bigger picture. But today we're thinking about what we do as a church. We want to grow people. Um, we want to help people make progress of, as followers of Jesus. I had some slides and I forgot I had them. Um, it's a bit like this. So people make progress. Um, we're people who need the gospel. Then we become people who know the gospel. Then we become people who are growing in the gospel and so on. And the beauty of it all is there's a feedback loop. As we grow in maturity in Christ, we begin serving. We begin sharing the gospel. We begin helping others to grow as followers of Jesus as well. Um, because as a person grows in maturity, they will be equipped to do their part of speaking the truth in love and building up the body of Christ. We want to be you know, helping people make progress, helping people grow as followers of Jesus. Every now and again, as we just do this as a church week in, week out, someone will come along who people will notice they're particularly good at understanding the Bible and teaching it in a way that equips people to serve. Well, they're the people that you tap on the shoulder and say, why don't you do MTN or why don't you head off to QTC and do some study and think about whether you can serve in ministry longer term. Um, and as a church, we've helped people over the years do just that, train for ministry and go into ministry. So as a church, we're working hard at growing followers of Jesus and we need to keep reminding ourselves, though, that it's God who's doing this work. We play our small part. It's actually God's work, and that ought to drive us to our knees to keep praying and trusting God. Um, behind the scenes, there's a whole heap of stuff that has to happen that we don't see. When administration and so on is done well, you don't see it happening. The Committee of Management will meet on Monday night. Each year we elect our Committee of Management. They serve the congregation from then to the next annual meeting. If you don't hear any dramas from the Committee of Management, things are working well. There's action behind the scenes. There's admin, admin and back-end. There's the work health safety stuff. There's a safe ministry with children things. There's all the accounting and the bookkeeping and a whole lot more that goes on. And as a Presbyterian church, we've got other structures superimposed on that admin. We've got the need for our session to have representation at Presbytery and at Assembly that keeps calling meetings in the middle of weeks, like Rodney knows this week. There's all this back-end stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff that happens. But if we're clear on what our purpose is, um, we can be like Reich pointed out before. We can say yes to things and no to things and stay focused on what we're doing. Um, we need the admin to be there to keep our structures working. We also need financial support to make church grow, to make church work, to cover all the costs. And so that's why in a couple of weeks, or early March, I think it is, we'll have a congregational meeting where you'll hear the budget and the books from last year and you'll get to interact with that. At the end of the year, about November, you'll have another congregational meeting where you set the budget for the year ahead. And when we're doing that, we're deciding what things we're going to give money to. Most of our church budget goes to staff and meeting places. Some goes to giving beyond our church as well. But it's all there purposefully um, to help us keep growing as followers of Jesus. Um, as a church, we also have a church property that we want to build on. Um, Things are a bit more complicated with um, pres, uh, PCQ at the moment. But it's our prayer that we will get that done and that that will be something that helps us 
as a congregation um, serve the wider church as well. It's not about getting out of packing up, uh, setting up and packing up chairs. But you can tell we've gone way off the Bible. We had a look at the Bible, we've just bounced off. I've kind of taken the opportunity to kind of share how I think we're doing church and feel free to interact. Um, because we are a Presbyterian church, if you want to change things, yeah, I reckon talk to the elders. It's probably the best place to start. Um, but don't feel bashful about doing that. Go for it. Um, have the interaction, say what you're thinking. If, you can, if we're clear on who we are and what we're doing, that we are a Bible teaching church seeking to grow followers of Jesus, and to do that, we're each wanting to grow in knowing Jesus, living for him and making him known. If we're clear on all this, you'll see things that we can do better, that we can do different. So let's help each other um, adapt and change so that we are purposeful. Lots more we can keep talking about. Um, that's it for the, the two start-of-the-year sermons on church. And I'm hoping that much of what I've said is almost exactly the same as last year. If it's not, let me know because we might be changing. That would be scary for a Presbyterian church. How about I pray? Um, and then we'll sing again and then we get the chance to interact. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the way that you've brought us together in Christ. Thank you for the fact that you have enabled us to understand the gospel of Jesus. Lord, we pray for each of us. Um, we pray for those who are visitors among us. We pray that they would come to know you, put their trust in you and want to live for you. And we pray for each of us that we would be um, seeking to grow as followers of Jesus. We pray that the Bible teaching at church and in growth groups and in other contexts would build us up and equip us to serve one another in speaking the truth in love. Lord, we pray that we would see others come to know you, that we wouldn't be a church that has closed doors, but that we would see more and more people come to know you and trust in you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.